and it's a new podcast. <laughs> episode seven. 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 Uh, seven. Episode seven. We've got a guest today. Who have we got, Stephen? Well, right. Can I can I start the whole thing by talking about what I was talking to you about last night? With, right. Uh, Paw Patrol. Oh, right, aye, right, go for it, right. <laughs> well, right, aye, right, we'll, d- we'll do right, that. Right, right, do you know what? I'm going to bring the guest in. Aye, okay. Right now, Kirsty. We have, we have Kirsty Harvey. That's right. Right. Um, now, we'll tell you a bit about Kirsty in a second, right? Mm-hmm. Kirsty, do you know what Paw Patrol is? No. Bob, do you know what Paw Patrol is? Of course is? I do. Oh, I do! What is it? It's the kids' programme. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, the other day, <laughs> the other day my daughter left her... Uh, you're fucking yawning already, Kirsty. <laughs> <laughs> it's early in the morning. This is the earliest we've ever done this. <laughs> right. right, so Paw Patrol. The other day, my daughter left her uh, her uh, school lunchbox in mm. school, right? And we didn't have anything for her for her lunch. So I get sent to the, the early hours in the morning, didn't he? A, a superstore that I'm not going to name because they don't pay us any fucking money to name them. No. Um, so we get sent. I get sent down. The missus says, Go and get her a new lunchbox. And I went away down and I got her a Paw Patrol lunchbox, right? Mm-hmm. When she was starting school, because she's only five, we got her a Paw Patrol bag, right? And we got the bag and it arrived and that was great, you know. Picked up the bag, looked at it. There's no female characters on it. Ooh. Uh, right? No, there's there's two female characters in the show. There is Sky. Right. This is me getting my Paw Patrol knowledge, <laughs> right? There's Sky, who's a flying... Thing mm-hmm. as you would probably imagine, uh, and she's got a pink jetpack thing. Who's Chase? Chase is the polis, right? Hey, um, you know? Because he's got wings, and I hang out with right. him. Okay. <laughs> he just comes down to my house and hangs out. Plus, he's got a fascination with dogs. I love dogs. I did. <laughs> so, uh, so the sky. Who's the flying hang me dog? Right. The, and then there's the uh, there's Everest, who's like the mountaineering one. As you probably guess with the name, mm-hmm. right? But none of them are on the school bag. Right, and then I goes down and gets the, the lunchbox, right. and none of them are on the fucking lunchbox. Right, so to the utter disappointment of my daughter, right. there's fucking no females. Right, there any black ones on it? Huh? Is there any black dogs on it? <laughs> <laughs> black dogs matter, you know. <laughs> Hashtag black dogs matter. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I never thought of that one. But no. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so there's no fucking females, right? Mm-hmm. But that was the cool thing about our podcast. Right. Know that there wasn't any females. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we hadn't had any females on. That right? was the thing. We done a week in a trilogy, uh, our first guests, and they're all really great, as we said before, diverse and kind of different walks of life and stuff. But after that, when we came back, we, we broke and we done one just with ourselves the last time. Right. I want to start now and have a female guest on. And, and you were adamant about that? I was, absolutely. You said there has to be a female. There has to be a female and guest. Then, and then... Something I've got to tell you. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Even better, you like post up. <laughs> but anyway, no. Do you know the best thing about it is, right? We asked, we prayed for a female guest. <laughs> we did, and then you just fell and into we, a lapse here. Right? No, we, what you're telling me is that folks said no to you. No, 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 no. no, no. Nobody said you were the the first person that I, I fucking accosted. Okay, mm-hmm. right? yeah. How <laughs> did that happen? Right. Well, here's the thing. About? No, I was saying prayed because it was mm. a kind of a joke. Aye. Right. Because <laughs> this is how it happened. I was at a wedding, mm. right? And I'm standing at this wedding, and I've been in many. When was this? 
Sunday. Right, so this is like just a couple of days ago. Aye. Yeah. Right. So I'm standing at this wedding, uh, and the reason I'm standing at the wedding is because I was a fraction late. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my fault, I drove you there. And, and he drove me there. Right? I didn't even notice. And I was, oh, exactly, because I was standing right at the very back, right? And I never sneaked in the room because there was a harpist, right? <laughs> and I sneaked yeah. room where she was, so I didn't need to open any doors, right? Uh, so I didn't hear... Because there yeah. were squeaky doors in that place. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I sneaked in I actually caught the whole thing which was pretty cool but I didn't want to arrive there as the bride arrived mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's a wee bit <laughs> walk in a line ah, exactly but <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a surrogate <laughs> so so, uh, so yeah I stood and I watched the, the service and it was a humanist service yeah, right. Right? what's a humanist service quickly what is that well wait a minute well, the reason that it was actually, I'm saying it's a humanist service, right. right, is because the person who was the humanist celebrant mm-hmm. is Kirsty. Is that right? Did you marry them? Did you not know this? I didn't know how much you would have been told behind no, the scenes. No, I want to keep kind of, kind of like... Good. I like that. That's good. We make a point of actually no talking to each other most of the week. Aye, but, but the things <laughs> that we talk about are stuff that we couldn't discuss like in here cheese. anyway. Ah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what I want to learn about you right now what on, is on this. a humanist celebrant? What is a humanist celebrant? I think more importantly, it's probably what's a humanist. Right. So do you know what a humanist is? I could guess, I. Right. Yeah. Do you know what? I, do you know what? I, I was I was up in the airway. I'm a pastafarian, so I'm open to anything, like by the way. Yeah, yeah. We, we, well, we were talking about that, yeah. 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 He just became a pastafarian. Yep, yep. Was he, that after the last case? It was, aye. I've got the colander on, i got the 40 taken, aye. <laughs> Card carrying member. He's, all, he's also a Dudist priest. Aye, yep. He's Jamie a, as well. I just, I just, I, it, love, I, I love Jamie. I just wanted to be like Jamie. The <laughs> <laughs> only difference is Jamie could fight a wee bit better. He really fight. Yeah, yeah. The, um, but where is the line drawn between an atheist and a humanist? Is there a line? Because an atheist, right? What's the definition of humanist? An atheist doesn't believe in religion. Doesn't believe in a god. Right. A humanist. I think the difference. A humanist is good without God. Right. So, where an atheist is like, I don't believe in anything, okay? A humanist is like, well, I don't believe that there's a God. I don't believe that there's higher powers. I don't believe that I should be good because at the end of my life, I'm going to be rewarded for it. Or judged. Mm -hmm. Or judged. I am good because I want to be a good person and I want to be seen as a good person by my kids or by Mm. my niece and nephews. And Mm. it's, it's nice to be nice. You want That's to be the I best. Think. You want to be the best human you can to Yay. other humans, and don't worry about a higher. For no being. reason whatsoever, <laughs> other than just no being. Why a dick? no be a nice? I don't uh, be a uh, dick. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that comes up it, a lot in this podcast. Yes, people does, who just don't be, want to be a dick to other people. Crazy, I think it's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Just it's. I always say, I spoke to a, ta- a taxi driver once, and it was like, it's nice to be nice, and I'm like. It is so nice to be nice. <laughs> why wouldn't you just be nice oh. to be for nice sake? Why would you be why would you be a good person? Because at the end of your days you're hoping to get into some parallel. Well, you gates. want a reward, there's a reward yeah. what you're getting because exactly. you, well, that's, there is there's a moral reward in being a good yeah. person. Oh, I feel good when I do good, good things. Yeah. Oh, I do. I also feel very tired. <laughs> <laughs> so you try not to do too many good things in the one day. Yes. Right? Yeah. No, do you know do you know I, I always try and do as many good things in the one day as possible, right? Mm-hmm. 
But sometimes that's to my own <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, do you know what? I shouldn't have helped old Mrs. such and such uh, scrape the the uh, the snow off her off her uh, driveway because a wee fall would have humbled her. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I needed that, you know. She's, She's getting too confident. She's a bit obnoxious, that old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she shouts at the winds of the street. <laughs> no, no. That's a kind of physical thing. See, even like a mental thing uh, where you're really... You're, you're walking about and you're you're, you're kind of you're mad at people all the time and you're angry and that, that affects you in a way and I think I see when you see the wee hunched over people with like fucking angry faces yeah. and stuff I think they must have a lot of hate see if you see if you, you you approach things differently and you you're open and you're nice to people you I think you're just going to have a better life is it not going Definitely. to make a better lifestyle for you I've got a ter- well I say a terrible habit I think it's a brilliant habit of um, if people are horrible to me I rely on friends mm. to tell me. Like, I'll say to my friend, I've got a friend called Donna, and she's a smasher, but I'll see her and I'll be like, oh, I seen such and such the other day there, and she'll be like, do you remember what she said the last time you seen her? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, and she's like, aye, she was horrible to you, and I'm like, oh, I don't remember. Oh, well, anyway, I was, stand, <laughs> I was standing talking to her for ages, so people just think that I'm, they probably just think I'm a really forgiving person. Uh-huh. It's just that I forget everything. Maybe that, <laughs> that lassie's a fucking Judas. <laughs> <laughs> She's hugging you. This <laughs> is getting back to religion again, but you know, know. What I mean? it's amazing because a lot of things actually come back to religion, right? Mm-hmm. And and that was what I mean. I asked you the, the question: What made you become a humanist, right? And uh, and your your dad, f- strangely, is a humanist man. And not, this isn't strange. He's a, <laughs> he's a humanist celebrant as well. But uh. your dad is a humanist celebrant, right? Yeah. And uh, you decided. Was it to follow in his footsteps? Yeah, or? I think um, I don't want to give too much about my dad type thing, but he grew up Christian. Was we go to church? I always remember him telling me when he was really young, he chose to read the Bible like cover to cover. And I'm like, whoa! What, and, but, he never, and he never questioned any. And he never. No, I don't think so. And then um, I'm sure we'll go into it at some point. But I was born. I'm the third daughter, and. He gave up religion mm-hmm. and he just decided, actually, I don't believe a God could do this. And wow. then he he wasn't religious. And then when I was younger, it was never, wasn't really, we never really spoke about religion. We never really spoke about being humanist or anything like that. Because I wouldn't say humanism was big never 30, even, 33 years ago there. almost, yeah. No. But, but I would take myself to church. She, See, recently, do you think recently, I mean, obviously there's been a massive growth in the humanist thing, right? Yeah. Because I've been, I was speaking to Diane. Hi, Diane. Say hello, Diane. Hello, Diane. Right. <laughs> Diane, what's at Transmission Room Studio? Oh, ding, <laughs> fucking yeah, ding, 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 ding. We forgot to say it last week. Oh, so we did. Right, I know, right. before we gave you your, your, yeah. your yeah. live read last Billy, week, Diane, so we'll Billy, put yeah. on a couple. Because uh, I didn't get to say anything last week at all, did I? I was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Diane, uh, I was speaking to Diane about uh, going to humanist services, and uh, I've been to a few, I mean, over the, I mean, over the past five Five or six years, I've been to a lot of humanist services. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And they are amazing. I mean, uh, I know they they see a lot of people. I mean, it's it's not so much you get. What is the difference? Can I step in here? What is the difference between? Because obviously you'll have been to like the proper big full Buna Catholic wedding, right? Which yeah. is the full day shot. And fucking, I mean, it takes forever. But sitting for, sitting the, for a new lap. Uh, <laughs> what's the what, what's the kind of the differences in just the ceremony? Nay God. All right, we know again. Well, I mean I, the no, practical no, no, nuts and bolts. Strictly, strictly not true from my organisation. Is it like hippieish? Is there like fucking petals and all that? And there's like right. blessings and the but people you know, wearing like big skirts and dresses. Yeah, and yeah. I, you let them choose. I, there's a few things that need to happen to have a legal marriage in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Two of them are paperwork, and one happens during the ceremony, which are called your affirmations, which is when you turn around to your husband or wife and say... I accept you to be my lawfully wedded husband or wife. Right. Everything else is what the couple want it to be. So a lot of people build it around their love story, how they met, where they met, what happened in between that day that they met and that day that they're about to become, start a new chapter in marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much, I always say to couples, I don't want a timeline. I don't want you here on 2010, you went to Gran Canaria and it was bloody brilliant. I want to hear what makes them the couple they are. Because everybody has a story, everyone has, whether it's because they're both quite sick humoured, whether it's because I had a couple recently, that every single day, and at first I was like, what? Every single day she came home from work and they would play wrestle, and not in a, oh, I really No, but I, I loved it. I was like, they actually just would play wrestle because mm-hmm. they've always been big kids. Ah, right. And they found someone do you know, that I, would let them, that would do that with them, and I, I just thought that's second. I've got a couple of friends that listen to this podcast, right, and they're pals of yours as well, Bob, yeah. right? And they used to pull each other off of the toilet pan. <laughs> 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 right? And we're not going to name them. No, right? no, we know exactly who you're talking about. But, but see, like for ages, the, 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 I don't know what happened, but the toilet door broke, right? So they had a curtain up, right? Right? And 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 he used to bust in when she was taking a dump, right? And pull her off oh the back. <laughs> But they're mad. And do you know the crazy the funny thing about it? That the their kids are raised with that daft humour as well. The oh, kids have that. got that and, and that's what I love about it. Yeah. See, my, see my two daughters. My two daughters are fucking insane. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so much so Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> so much so that, that my wife sits and goes. She knows it's my doing, you know. Uh, she sits and goes, oh my. And, and you know, you're talking about the way things work with people. The way it works with me and my wife is, you know, you've got the hard ass and you've got the total clown. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the clown. No, no you're a clown. Now. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, that my wife, she sits and goes like that. Can you please? Because the kids end up going like that. They are. I want dad to do this with me and I want to hang me and she goes like can you not just do something and I'm like what do you want me to do burn them with fire you know what I mean <laughs> you know? just stop them liking you just stop them liking you yeah. Yeah. but it's because because she is she is if someone has to do that that's I, a shame I know it is listen it is a shame and I do feel kind of bad about that because I don't know how many times Julie's like it's like having three wings in here <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly you know what we've got this big giant Clyde you know the Clyde mascot thing. Oh, aye, the, aye. We've got the big giant one, like the oh. right. And, and is it the Commonwealth? Ah, the Commonwealth thing, mascot. We've got the cl- this giant Clyde mascot, and we fucking wrestle that thing. <laughs> you know, 
And, uh, and sometimes Clyde has got a mind his own and walks into their rooms and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but there's total daftness in their house, you know, and it's like, stop jumping in the bed. I'm like, yeah, we'll, ah, buy, we'll buy a yeah, new bed. Yeah. You know? And then the next man, I'm like, this mum in. So, Kirsty, see, when you got married, uh, what was the ceremony like for that? I don't think I need too much detail, but you, was it a humanist oh. ceremony when you got married, obviously? I, yes, it was, but we had, a, last August, we had a surprise wedding. So we had an engagement right. party. Right. We had about 90 guests, and can I name the pub? Is that right? Name anyone. See, and before a, you go on a minute, I'm going to open up. You brought in jammy dodgers here, so I'm going to open them up for you. It's important. It's yeah. important to have... <laughs> the best guest so far, she brought food away on her room. Aye. I don't but care you if took this a, a nightmare to You took on another room and you said you need me a jammy dodger, didn't you? <laughs> can't hear you, can't hear you. noise with that ball. Can't hear you, Diane. Shut your face. There you go, Kirsty. There's a jammy dodger. Dig in. Oh, you guys can dig in as well, actually. I don't need sugar. Well, do you know what? There's a lot of love in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the love. There you go. There's a lot of love hearts. So uh, what, is the, what is the place? So uh, it's called Firebird. It's near Kelvin Grove. Mm-hmm. Nice big um, glass windows. And actually we'd never been to it before. And then we were looking for a venue. And Seriously? It was really, yeah, it was really hard to find somewhere that would make it... Like, we wanted to get married in a pub because it was a surprise. And if we got an engagement party in a town hall, folk would have been uh, like, oh, uh, So we were like, right, we need to have it in a pub. But we looked about and we couldn't find one that would make it inclusive type thing. Mm-hmm. And um, Louise, the manager in there, was absolutely brilliant. She got it. She'd only got married a couple of weeks before we went in to ask about it. And she just got it straight away. She was like, this is brilliant. And she even says stuff like, you know, if you're having a wedding cake, let's not do desserts. Like, she's digging herself out of money <laughs> for the place because she was like, because if you get desserts, we had a wedding cake, we had desserts, and no one will eat it. Yeah, like, so let's just hand out the... So, yeah, we, we had it there. She had invited me, I had every fucking bit of that <laughs> wedding cake. No. But, was it good. traditional wedding cake? No, it wasn't. No, uh, right. my, Yuck. My mum too. Cream? Uh, no, that's no. another thing. That's another thing that should end. Right. No, the fancy wedding cake. No, like no, no, they fucking oh. fruit things. Mm. Oh, the big fruit wedding cake. Yeah, no fashion ones. I love stuff. that stuff. Oh, what? Without marzipan. Bet you like oh. Christmas pudding as well. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of no. that. No, nah, I love I love the fries, flies, graveyards and stuff like that. I love like that kind of thing. But the big massive. Wed- oh, they're amazing. Oh, no, no, they're no, they're no. rank. And people keep the top of them. And they I fucking I, and they last longer than a fucking McDonald's. Because <laughs> you know they, they they put McDonald's. McDonald's becomes fucking mummified after a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't actually die, McDonald's. Uh, they put it in a. It's fucking. Sl- we'll never get a sponsorship. McDonald's, McDonald's, no, right? but fucking McDonald's. They, they put um, this. These people put McDonald's like just sit it in their window ledge for like mm. eight years and it's mm. fucking still the same burger. And I bet you could microwave it and eat it, right? Oh. <laughs> oh. Challenge, right? Oh. <laughs> but people, I keep... anybody out there wants to try that. <laughs> <laughs> but people, but people, fucking, they, they, they put the uh, the top of their wedding cake and they keep it forever. Well, that's the thing. My uncle done that. 
you see the tap of his wedding cake, and you're supposed to keep it for when your kid kids, gets, yeah. And but but he used to go in and steal ice <laughs> <laughs> when he was in the kitchen every noon again. They take, so they went to get it, and they could open and it was rock solid. They couldn't do it. But I, that's another thing. It should fucking die. We we um. No, I like all the uh, traditional stuff. There may be a place for it. No, I mean I'm not saying don't, don't get rid of it. Just have a place for it. Oh, well, we never had a place for it. No. We had chocolate and Guinness cake. Yes. Oh, I see. Amazing. Five chocolate of them that my uh, that my mother-in-law, but she, I don't like that name. My mum too made. <laughs> You don't like mother-in-law? No, because it's got bad connotations of it, doesn't it? Jokes. Oh, my mother-in-law and... Own it and make the jokes then. Aye. Exactly. Not for my mother. My mother-in-law makes the most amazing dinners. Oh, yeah. My mother-in-law makes an amazing cook. So you're calling her by name now, aren't you? I said... Because you don't like calling her mother-in-law. I can sense that straight away. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, it's just always been one of those things. From the beginning, I was like, oh no. But um, I used chocolate Guinness cake and then Doogie and I, my husband, that is, um, sat the night before our wedding and decorated them all. Did the two of you do that, really? I really pissed by brilliant. They actually, apart from one that we put loads of hundreds and thousands on, there was five uh, of them. I should also point, yeah, my mum in law wasn't that well at that point and I probably made her make five <laughs> It's a fucking big day for five cakes. He's like, will I make? Will I just make about three? I'm like, mm, best make it five. There's a lot of guests. Everyone likes that cake. The two of us are sitting like kids with crayons, the tongue hanging Basically. out. The <laughs> <laughs> the tongue hanging out. Go on, go on, go on for leather with the icing. That's basically what happened. You're like, oh shit, I spilled custard on. <laughs> so see the ceremony. Uh, like you're seeing uh, you as. Uh, What's the, what's the name? A human, uh, human celebrant. You as a celebrant, you want to pick a thing that makes that couple special and make the ceremony about that. What yeah. was the thing that made... What was your thing? What was the thing that made it special for you at your ceremony? Oh, everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> Me. No, more like Absolutely. <laughs> That's the way it should be. It should be your big day. It should be No, no, I just mean... No, not my husband. It's just me. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> um... What made our special? Well, I've got a good backstory. That's the thing. Well, give us a, this is All long right, forum okay. talk. No, fucking no, talk. I'm I don't gonna, know whether we're saving. I, no, I'm I'll tell you what. I'm going to introduce that because right. I, something really. F- uh, the way it came up the other day was quite. Funny. I was a bit. Yeah, it was a bit mental actually because uh, we hadn't got to that. No, yet. we hadn't got to that. We were just chatting. Mm-hmm. The way nice people chat, you know, mm-hmm. and take over the whole. Well, she's nice. <laughs> she's nice. Don't be you. Well. <laughs> 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 Kirsty and I were sitting across the table for each other at this wedding, right? We were at the Lonely Hearts table. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because for some reason, Kirsty's husband hadn't even invited her. Well, I think I just got an invite because I conducted the wedding. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was course, lovely. Kind of and lots of people do invite me, but actually, this is my friend's big sister. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went along. But I. Right, so. Just in case so. <laughs> Cover your ass! Congratulations, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting talked about in the podcast. <laughs> um, so we're sitting across from each other, and basically the the what was it the, the bridesmaids' husbands were in the same table as us. Uh, partners, eh? Yep. Uh, partners. Sorry, uh, I can't be saying because they're my pals. <laughs> they're uh, my friends. And they're, they're not married. And they're no, no, no. And they know a celebrant. 
And they know a celebrant. Oh, know. controversial. Mates rates and everything. Mates rates. So they, their partners are sitting with us at the, at the table. Their best man, his missus was sitting with us, and another couple. And what happened is, I don't know why, maybe it's just two maniacs actually relate to each other quite easily. It was though, But, but we, we started chatting across the table to mm. each other. Very ignorant, eh? But but then we talked about loads of. We were keeping everyone entertained. Exactly, because if it wasn't for us, they'd be a boring. It would have been. It would have been a bit of a quiet table. I'm sure the people sitting next to you really loved to hear that. (laughs) Do you know the problem, mate? Though it became overly rowdy, right? So much so that I looked over. I looked over at the 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 top table, and Paul's looking at me laughing. We were having a great time. He was laughing, and I'm like, and he he had says to me, "Don't worry, you'll be sitting." a cool table and I'm like ah, <laughs> alright and it was a cool table uh-huh. because but we had a we had a good wee chinwag and we were talking about daft stuff that we'd done I mean uh, you had you had been to Australia I'd been to Australia yeah it was the celebrities eh? and we were talking about celebrities how we met Willie Nelson well, oh right, right, right. right. <laughs> what was your one what was your celebrity you met, well, you met well, a few no, as well I also, you? yeah I also need to point out that people went round to introduce themselves and I was like whoa 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 wait a minute let's do the truth and one truth and one lie type scenario when you introduce yourself. Now, turns out someone has no idea how this works because we then started started to get a Jack and Ori story and I'm going, (laughs) but but what, we... Wait, so yeah, Stephen was just telling us I've written his about life. myself. Yeah. <laughs> so so then in 1995, I learned to pick up the guitar. So <laughs> 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 storytellers. Exactly. It was like that fucking scene in Airplane where everybody's... Well, <laughs> 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 the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> like that <laughs> and, and, and Kirsty is giving me those signals you know the kind of you know that cut 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 uh, signal yeah, wrap it up wrap it up we're losing them we're losing them I had to be as well sitting being fucking war and peace now <laughs> <laughs> so so um, eventually we get to the truth in that uh, the truth in the, the fact a fact about yourself and and uh, something that's a foe right, right. so uh, something a lie and a, and a truth mm-hmm. and they have to decipher what it is. But irrelevant for that, right? So I'm saying that's quite a good story, you know, about uh, uh, the Brandon Flowers. Was it Brandon yeah, Flowers? Yeah, Partying in Vegas. Yeah. Partying in Vegas with Brandon Flowers, right? So I said, that's pretty, quite a good, that's a cool story. Mm. And then Craig. No, it was, uh, it was Steve, Stevie. Stevie. Well, Stevie sitting next to me says, she's not even told you the fact that she's been on the telly and everything. And I'm like that. She's been on the telly. I mm. said, what were you on the telly for? And she says something like, how's your ham salad? And I went, aye. She goes, and I said, ah, it's nice. And she says, I had a double lung transplant. Fuck <laughs> And I went, what? <laughs> exactly. So, so. That's all right. But just you can go off. We just mentioned it there. Right, right. right on time. Man. I was just with Jamaica. Have a jammy dodger. Nobody's eaten a jammy dodger. I'll fucking eat one. Don't worry. Go. Right. I'm coming in today, a jammy dodger. That's all it is. Bring yourself in. So I'm like, what? So I'm totally taken aback. Like, you have had a double lung transplant. And then I start thinking about humanism, right? Mm -hmm. About, you know. Religion. Diane's actually coming in here. She is actually. No, she should. You're interrupting the room. So, so then I come up with this fucking line. (laughs) You know how you say something straight off the top of your head and you go, Mm -hmm. "Then it came out right." And I said, "You've had a double lung transplant." And in my head, I'm thinking humanism and religion Mm -hmm. and all that, right? Mm -hmm. 
in my head, but outside all I've said is this, you had a double lung transplant. She goes, yeah, I goes, that's just made you so much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next couple of minutes was like, because your banter was shit. And now <laughs> she's not really something to talk about. Because yeah. I, I, bo- I, I was a boring bastard to begin <laughs> me. And, 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 and I'm like, no, no, no. But she's laughing her head off. You know, I'm one of those people, if I get a wee bit of a laugh, I'll just keep going with it. Pushing it and pushing it. So what is, what, what is the deal then? Tell us about that. Um, I was or I was born with cystic fibrosis, right. so it's a genetic illness. So my mum and dad were both carriers, and then they had my two big sisters. If you're both carriers, which actually a lot of the population are, you've got a one in four chance of your child having cystic fibrosis. Right, okay. And um, I was third born. And then at nine months old, I was diagnosed with... What about your other siblings? Are they... They're, they're good. They're yeah. carriers. They're both carriers. They both carry the gene. Yeah. But um, nieces and nephews are all good. Right. No one has. I've got right. four. And no one has cystic fibrosis, which right. is fab. Can, can cystic fibrosis develop? Like No. 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 So it's you are born, born with, with it. it. We're, really, we're really lucky in Scotland. Um, babies now get a heel prick test. Every baby born in Scotland yeah. gets checked. My two daughters have Yeah, that. gets checked oh. for CF. That's what it's um, oh. abbreviated to. Um, and so they get treated straight away if they have CF. Well, now, my mum and dad didn't have any. That's why my dad gave up on religion because they had no idea what this was, had no one in the family that had it. And that happens all the time with families is right. that they're then told this news that they're What is the initial thing when the parents go and they're told that? What's the what's, what are they told by the doctor? What's the what's the nuts and bolts yeah. of cystic fibrosis? Uh, and does it do they find out straight away? Or do they find out after a co- couple of weeks or a couple of months? Or? I think oh I don't I actually don't know. I know I was nine months old and then I think with testing now they'll find out Within a week or something, if, you're, mm-hmm. if uh-huh. your child has it. But but your mum and dad probably, you're nearly a year old and they think yeah. they've got a perfectly healthy... Well, no, no, they knew, my mum knew something was wrong. See that? My mum was... Do you know, see, this might sound a bit daft, right? But see, mothers, mm-hmm. they seem Intuition. to... Aye, and the people say, you, you, can, you can cry that down as much as you want, right? You can think it's a load of fucking mumbo-jumbo, right? But see, my wife, my daughter was born with a week and a stomach complaint, right? And she was screaming and stuff like that. And my wife, the, the doctors, ah, oh, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just a colicky baby. Mm. All this shit, right? And my wife went away and she started reading books and researching it, right? And and it turned out she had basically, it wasn't, the, 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 the wee valve at the top of her stomach wasn't closing properly, mm. right? It wasn't <clears throat> properly developed. It would develop over time. But this baby was in absolute agony. Mm. And my wife's saying to the, to the health uh, visitors and stuff, no. There is something wrong with the way, mm. you know, and they're saying, "Oh, just gear a dummy." I'm like, and then eventually I said to the, "If see if you say that one more time, I'll stick two fucking dummies <laughs> up your ass, right?" <laughs> because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because they kept saying it, and my wife was going, "No, no," and we had witnessed our baby screaming and crying, and mother's intuition. I take it yeah. your mum obviously she cracked on to something. Well, I tell you, I mean, she had a few hints along the way. I was nine months old. They call it failure to thrive, so. I was nine months old and I couldn't hold my head up. Right. Now, I, I, granted, I do mm. have a rather big head, but... <laughs> <laughs> I do, though. <laughs> it's perfectly in proportion now. Well, well no, not so much, but... <laughs> it's a running joke in our family. Right. But failure to thrive, I couldn't hold my head up. I couldn't... 
I wasn't keeping down food or I was keeping it down. It was just running right through me, so to speak, which is a CF thing. Um, And so when I was born, which was 1983, my mum and dad were told, um, you know, life expectancy and stuff was... It was young. My dad shares a story about going into a library not long after I was diagnosed, and um, and he's six foot three, and he was a policeman, an ex rugby player, and he walked out of this library in tears because he read a book and it said that his baby wouldn't reach past three years old. Oh and he went back to the hospital and he said, and he gave this speech at my wedding, but I've known, I've grown up knowing this story. Went back to the hospital, standing over my cot and crying. And a nurse came up to him and he went, I just wish I'd gotten her name because she said to him, it's an old book. Honestly, Sandy, it's an old book. Okay. It's not going to be. Things are a bit different. Don't get me wrong, you still get children that die of CF now and it's heartbreaking. Um, it's, it's, well, I'll tell you what it is. It's basically all my internal organs are covered with thick, sticky mucus right. that... When it comes to your digestion system, it doesn't work right. Your pancreas doesn't secrete enzymes that digest your food, so you have to take those. You don't get vitamins and stuff from your food, so you have to take those. You don't... Um, my lungs, it just causes lots of chest infections. So do, you, do you, like, have, like, a cocktail of pills that you yeah, take every single day, and that's, that's a lifelong thing? A lifelong thing. To, to has been mm. Has been since I was wee, but, um, but it's all over now. That's it. That's so... Yeah, I mean that that was they just had to they just had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Back then, you never had the internet either, so you couldn't mm-hmm. look up. I know it's a bit of a nightmare at times, ever. But in other times, it's been it's been a saviour to me. Other times, no. when I was a teenager and dealing with all this, I had the internet. I had people that were going through the same That's thing. That's what I was going to say. Because you can't meet you can't meet other CF um, patients. You can't be around them. Why? Um, for risk of cross infection within. The bugs that we grow in our lungs, that we all kind of grow different bugs. And if you meet someone that has a different bug to you, there's there's certain bacteria that actually will limit your life. How do you how do you know if somebody else is a sufferer? Um, it's pretty oh, evident, man. No, no, for you. I didn't no, no, it's, so no, are it's you walking about the news? No. Like, do, do you have like a kind of like a version of a gator? No. <laughs> 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 beep, 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 get away. CF dog. Yeah. No, no, you wouldn't. Um, but it, it's not that. You know, there's. I should have looked up how many people there are in the UK. I think it's something like eight thousand. Diane, people. look it up. That's what Diane's for. The fab. Yeah, that's um, it, this is, this is Diane's. Uh, we, we, defi- we managed to get a role for Diane in the we evolution. We kind of forced her into it. To be honest, So, right, now, the, re- the thing was, when you said that you had had a double lung transplant at the table at the wedding, right? Yeah. The first thing I asked you was, have you had cystic fibrosis or have you had yeah, fibrosis? Yeah. And the reason I asked that is because um, my wife's cousin, uh, sadly passed away with, with cystic fibrosis and uh, and we've my daughter Hannah is named after her yeah. right um, now the one thing that I, that I know through um, I think Diane's got the facts there have you Diane? I have indeed 10,800 people in the UK so presently suffering one in 25 of us carries the faulty genes and that is according to the Cystic Fibrosis Trust web page I've right. not got this for uh, uh, Wikipedia right. today we will go properly. Right. 
one in 25 isn't, I mean, that's a big number. When you oh, think about huge. a club, is, yeah. you're standing in the middle of, I was going to say the Archies, but that's gone now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, but you're standing in the middle of a club, you're surrounded by 500 people. Yeah. Actually, yeah, 20 yeah. of those folk have... I was trying to do the math there, but I can no smile. And I mean, maybe 20 of those folk, 10 of those are damn good looking, because maybe CF has something to do with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you're always going to go for another good looking one. Uh. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people carry it, they just have no idea. That's it, the, so um, sorry. So, no, 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 it was me who I just uh, wanted to get a fax there while we were still on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, my, as I say, my, my daughter is named after my wife's cousin, uh, and... She, uh, I met her, I think, three times, right? Because she, we were we were quite new to, not so much new to each other, but she lived quite far away, and, and it was only at, like, maybe family gatherings or whatever I seen her. And, uh, and do you know, the one thing that radiated for her was she was a, she was a fucking angel, mm. honestly. It was weird. It was, it was, I've never really, um, she, she, she had a glow. There was something about her, you know, that, and, and I don't know if it's a, if it was a, um, yeah. See, see where you're su- suffering from it, right? Do you learn that, you know, life is more precious than other people? Or? I, it's such a cliche answer. I know, but it really is. Yeah, I always say to folk, it's a double-edged sword. From a young age, I've known it's highly likely I'm not going to be here for a long time. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm 33 this year, and because of my hero and my... And the person that signed the organ donor um, register, I've had longer. Mm -hmm. My story would have been over at 26. Like, yeah, 24, I was told I had to get a transplant. 26, I would have been, I would have been dead. And who knows if I would have even lasted that long had I not got on the, on the on the list to hopefully get. What's the lungs. chances after the actual operation as well? I mean, uh, yeah, what, what's the success rate after? You, even if you do get to a point where you get the transplant, what's yeah. the success rate? After um, it's almost seven years ago I got mine, but uh, at that point it was they're all statistics, and you're told uh, as another thing, don't go by statistics. I, it's I'm, just numbers. People I'm, are different. Mm-hmm. I'm Everyone's new to fucking break the statistics. It must be uh, determination. You know what I mean? <laughs> determination must be. I have got a, a one in two chance of making it to five years. And that's then after you've got a one in whatever chance of making mm-hmm. it past a month. And you've got a one in... And there's a one in five chance that you'll die in that operating table. What's the thing? You're just getting buried in fucking negativity. I'm the one and no, made it through no. this. Now I need to be the one and so many mm-hmm. new to make it to this point. Fuck that. I don't, I don't think like that. Though. Good, good. But, I'm glad. That. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. I grew up knowing that. And it's not, it's just matter-of-factly, I grew up knowing that I wasn't going to be here for as long, and I'm still not going to did be here for as long. Did your parents tell you as, that? Uh, or did you just No, they that? never kept it secret. I knew I had CF. I mean, they had to do physio three times a day for 15 minutes at a time. Uh. And I had to take, like, 40 tablets a day. Mm. And then when I went to school, I was very aware that not, no one else is taking these. What's happening? Mm. But I think it's, I think I remember it, Oh, I must have been about 11 or something and I read that actually average life expectancy was 18. And then when I'm you were going, 11, you knew that? Aye, and then I'm going, oh, I've got seven years. Oh my. But I was, in you all know, honesty... But, but do you think, uh, oh, I've got seven years, or you think, what am I going to do? Well, uh, I was at school. No, what are you, you going to do? Uh, no. <laughs> I would have went home and went, why the fuck am I I'm in school? I'm school. Why are you sending me to school? <laughs> 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 Don't worry, I used to... Uh, 
my mum would be like, oh, it's right, okay, you need to get up for school. Oh, I'm not feeling that way. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll have to just stay off and watch some TV. Yeah. Long weekend. Did your mum and dad, I, I know this is going to be a fucking weird question, but did your mum and dad treat you differently for your sisters? No. Well, yeah, they had to because they had to do treatments. Did your sisters understand it at the time? Yeah, I mean, my sister, my oldest sister is eight years older than me. Uh-huh. Uh, my middle sister is five years older than me, Tracy and Jilly, but they call me the golden child. <laughs> <laughs> Every opportunity they get, they're like, oh, the golden child, it's fine. I felt like, I always say to my people, oh, my mum and dad treated me the same. They treated me as much the same as they could. So did I was you, did you get married at Christmas, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got less Christmases, so you better give me more. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, mum and dad, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be here next year, so you should probably <laughs> add in a wee PlayStation into that. <laughs> no, that's so sad. <laughs> this is my worry because I, <laughs> I'm sick. I've got really black humour. I think, is that not what comes with the it's fact fun. that you can kind of... Uh, deal with it. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah, you go here with a dark sense of humour. You're in the right place, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I guess. So crack any okay. joke you want here. But then. I do think, because I obviously, I do loads of stuff for radio and mm-hmm. uh, been on TV a couple of times talking about organ donation and you're always uh, about yeah. the, oh, it's a really, and it is, don't, like, don't get me wrong, it's the most amazing gift I'll ever be given, ever be given. Mm-hmm. My donor will always be my hero, but then you can't talk about the like you. I don't want to stand there and talk about the other side of transplant, well, which is that actually it doesn't last forever. Right. You've still got a timeline. You still have to deal with pneumonias, acute rejection, and all that. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would go through it all. The, obviously, you believe life is to be seized. It's yeah, to be, yeah. Uh, God. See, that's it. I jump away in tangents, sorry, or tangents. Tadgins. There's <laughs> a tadget going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Tadgins <But>, everywhere. <laughs> so, double-edged sword, because I've known that, but I've also known the other side of that is that I've always been aware of my existence. Yep. And I think that is such a gift that lots of people don't get. Your mortality and your existence. Yeah, until people are faced with okay, you've got whatever illness it is, mm-hmm. and then you, they go, all oh, this time I've been doing this and I've been worrying uh, about my job and I've been worrying about how I'm paying bills when actually, fuck it, like, yeah, you'll find a way, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is actually try and enjoy it. Uh, try and enjoy uh, your time. Because we're not, like, it's, it is, and it's a good scene because we're not here for a long time. No one's here for a long time. No one's here for a long time. But I've been, I've been gifted with the, the sight of that, of knowing I'm not here for a long time. I said I to Bob that, well, during the week there, when obviously we were talking about, you know, getting our first female guest, which is an absolute privilege. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing uh, this. I know, just probably, I want to say that on the podcast. Thank you Especially so much for him fucking accosting you at a wedding <laughs> just a couple of days ago to you now being here and talking so openly. I just, thank you so but, much. But I said to Bob, I said, do you know what, Bob? I said, and it has made me think, meeting you has made me think, and I don't know if that's a, uh, this was a sign for God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real fucking god bother, isn't it? Holy shit! No, I don't, I don't know if it's, a, it's some kind of uh, sign or whatever, but but meeting you has made me think. And I said this to Bob last week. I said, Bob, 
Why is it that we only start to live when we know we're fucking dying? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I, I've been no well, right? And I've been playing on it a bit. Not so much playing. No. Listen, uh, no, <laughs> listen. Not so much playing it's on it. It's, it's fucking became fucking... an ongoing bit on the show, the right. fact that he's no well. I have been no well, right? Um, I had pleurisy, right? You know, we were talking about it. Right. right fucking pleurisy. I was in my bed for two weeks. Which means even Kirsty's telling right move right, right. Couldn't no, move. No. Couldn't move, right? And see, at that point in time, right? You're like, ah, this could be my last day in this bed here and what have I achieved? And I know that sounds bonkers to you mm. and people who are mocking me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm lying there, can't lift my head, right? Can't mm. I go for a shit? Right. <laughs> we'll get pulled off the pan. I know I'm out. <laughs> That's a good so, one. Uh, so, so I, I basically, I'm going, like, and and I'm sending see to to amuse myself because I've got the same dark humour. We've got the same dark humour mm-hmm. as you, Kirsty, right? So I'm sending Bob all these different fucking songs. I want this at my, my funeral. <laughs> funeral songs. <laughs> Start sending right. me funeral songs then, on WhatsApp. Right? <laughs> and some of them are really like upbeat and some of them are really fucking whoa, right? <laughs> and he says, you can't have that song because it'll ruin the song for me, you know what I because he, he keeps picking Van Morrison songs. Now. No, I no, Van I picked Morrison. the band as well. I picked, and he picked the band. He picked the night he drove old Dixie down, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We'll go through them. What can you remember? What they are? No, I've not got my phone on me. The new, they're out, or they're all in my phone. They're right? great. They're I, great songs, I, but any time, but I listen to that music all the time. So, so I'm going to be driving about, and I'll hear it, and I'll be like, "Oh my balls!" Do you know? I yeah, because you you're religious, eh, Stephen? Yes. Yes. So because so, I hey, so say, I'm a pastafarian. Don't fucking aye, knock sorry, it. You're right. I'm I'm not religious. Aye. Humanism is not a religion. Mm. But see, I was going to say I've I conduct funerals as well. And actually, I did a funeral recently, and he and they had uh, he loved westerns, right. and he had the theme tune to the Magnificent Seven <laughs> as his song in the middle, as his reflection song. Now, every time I hear that now, I love it, that, and it makes me smile because that, a humanist, that, that, that a humanist, I, up, I a humanist ceremony is a bit of celebration of life. Totally, that's And that's I get to share it, the best bits of, per- of someone's life and all their mm-hmm. great stories, their funny stories, how they were a comedian, how sometimes they didn't even mean to be a comedian, but they had this gift of making everyone laugh. And so now when I hear that, I will, and probably for the rest of my life, I will always think do that, eh? of him well, and it will make me smile. Do you know, do you know what? I, my, my cousin passed away recently and had a humanist service, right? Um, she was really young. And, uh, and her husband, uh, during, she, she, she's, she was Catholic, right? From a big Catholic family. And he was Protestant, right? And A mixed uh, marriage, we call it. Uh, <laughs> a mixed marriage. <laughs> so, uh, half-breeds. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so but, but uh, he used to sing, like, loyalist songs to her, <laughs> <laughs> right for a wind up right and, a, and do you know he sang at, at her uh, at her funeral and how can I dislike it now he sang the protestant boys <laughs> at her funeral right and do you know it, he, he got through it right uh, and he was breaking his heart singing it because it I guess it reminds of course eh? but but it was something fucking... I can't right. believe I'm saying that about the Protestant boys, but, <laughs> but it was something amazing about right. it, right? And then I was telling you about it. I went, we went to the burial. I don't recall exactly what the minister, what the, the celebrant said, right? 
And he stopped saying minister. <laughs> People are going to invest you sitting well, in there. Like, <laughs> She's sitting with a cat. Just like a rainbow with no one or something. <laughs> That's it. So the, uh, so, uh, the, the humanist celebrant uh, read a, a little piece. Uh, and I don't know if this is a normal thing to do at the uh, at the funeral, right? Um, is 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 there a is there a certain rhetoric that you just have to read out, no, or do you just no? So but it's you, always some. Well, for me, it's always something similar if it's a burial right, to what you're about to describe. Right. Well, it's so important. That's yeah. It. Well, basically, right. So that's a tradition, then. That's a bit of tradition that comes with what you do, then, as well. Isn't it? Oh, I've just done lots of research, and I like to find bits that are, and also, well, yeah, see what. Just gab, gab, gab. Go on, you go. Get but I had, in the, when I was waiting for a transplant, knowing that there was only a one in two chance I'd survive long enough, I had my whole funeral. Mapped out? Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, at, at this funeral that I was at, the um, we're going to go back on to your funeral, right? Because uh, we could... I mean, well, we, need to say, we need to say that because I read that stuff. That, that's an online thing as well. But I didn't... I don't, let, I, let the idiot finish what you said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it, right? Even though I sent him the links, ah, really? right? Because I'd already spoken to you. Yeah. Um, so get it ruined, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but what the, the celebrant said was that um says, here, uh, here she will lie and feel the warmth the summers that she loved, and the bitter colds that she that she that she felt uh, during the winters, and uh, and beneath the stars that she she loved and gazed upon forever or something. And I mm. thought, what a beautiful thought to be thinking you're just lying looking at the stars forever because I'm fucking mad for the cosmos, <laughs> <laughs> right? And and it would be amazing just to think that you are lying looking at the stars. The only thing better than that would be floating amongst them, mm. and. And, uh, what if you get buried upside down though? Well, would that be your harsh joke? <laughs> <laughs> I get a last laugh. But but the uh, your your funeral, right? Obviously, you had planned out, right? Um, do you ever think what age were you when you done that? Um, well, I was I was twenty four when I got told um, we need to get you on the transplant list because mm. if we don't. I'd had some, I'd had some lung collapses, <laughs> and basically the most horrific thing I've ever experienced. But um, and told that if we don't get you transplanted and your lungs collapse again, game will be over. There'll be no, they can't. There's a fine line between being well enough to get a transplant and just being too ill. Mm. And if my lungs had collapsed again, they wouldn't be able to do anything to help them reinflate. It would have been. That would have been my, my kind of last, my last And you get story. confronted with that at 24 years yeah. old, so you thought the best thing to do would be to plan yeah. for the new uh, Yeah. So what was the plan? Uh, well, I had lots of folders on my computer. <laughs> um, folders with my goodbye letters to everyone. Like, it, it does sound really sad, but actually, it was just, it was my way of having control over the situation. I couldn't control whether... I would be fortunate enough to get a transplant. I had no control over that. I had no control over whether my lungs decided to actually... I mean, I could have got the call and on my way over, they just collapsed and that would have been it. Um, I had no control over anything else. I had control over how my funeral was going to be. And the letter that would get handed out to everyone when they came in was starting with... 
do not think for a second that my mum and dad are being cheap. <laughs> this is exactly I what, I what I wanted. Because yeah. I worry, I did worry about that. I'm, I know that my mum and dad would have followed it, mm-hmm. um, but I worried that folk would have been like, oh, for fuck's sake, she's not even got a flower around here. <laughs> she's out of order. Or I didn't really want a... Sausage rolls. I know sausage <laughs> No, Get them. <laughs> but I didn't want... I didn't want, like in a crematorium or anything like that. Mm. I wanted everyone to gather in a pub and get absolutely... I mean, I've I've made my friends even now say, sorry, go carry it. You go say. No, I was going to say, so you were talking about in a pub. Mm-hmm. It just takes me to that scene for The Wire. Oh, when they're listening right, to the body aye. of an American. Aye, the right. guy, the guy, the guy's actually propped up. What the ages since right. I've watched that? Right, see the oh. wire. The wire. Uh-huh. They have it in the pub, right? Where basically the guy's body is there is either on, on the pool table. Or I can't remember. Yeah, right. he's on display in the pool he, table. He's on right. the pool table. You right. know they do this over uh, South America, where they do actually have people attend their own funerals because they taxidermy them. Oh, no. oh, oh, you need to look up, guys. Right. It's mental. But, but basically, the I wire. Wasn't after that. <laughs> <laughs> but after. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> just done a pose of her at her own funeral. Just smiling. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> just like, Bo- Bo missed it. <laughs> I missed it there, and you done it. You're right, doing that again. Right, so. <laughs> Greeting everyone as he walked in. Hiya. That would freak the shit out of them. That's what you should say on your letter. Surprise! That would, imagine you conducted your own funeral. Imagine you had a recording. Taxi dare up the front. Just oh. like, hiya, guy. Well, that so, time's come. Pause for applause. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. Get her back in the casket for fuck's sake. She's shy even after I'm she's I'm not deep. going back. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but in the wire, they have the body of the, of the downed policeman, mm. right? And they have uh, the body of an American. And 15 minutes later, that's just tasting whiskey, right? And it's fucking brilliant, right? I, mean, it, then it, I remember it cuts outside and there's people fucking throwing up into the street and all that. Like, that's, like, pissed. Hey, that's exactly what I'm after. Do you want a wake like the wire? Exactly. Well, if we're there, than, if we're there, I can guarantee. I do not remember. <laughs> I don't remember there being a disco ball in the hut. No. There has to be a disco ball. You want at a night. disco ball? Yeah, yeah. disco lights, so, everything. So get back to yours. That we wanted in a pub, but that's what just. Yeah. Took me back to the wire, uh, and that yeah. was a celebration of life. Man. It was absolutely. When I, I remember when I seen that in the wire, I thought that's like what I want as well. I don't mm. want. I hate the idea of the funerals where everybody's off, get the fucking the professional mourners face yeah. on, and they're all like, "Oh, he was, he was, he was such a great guy." I want people. I said to him before. I want people to say about me after I die, he was a bit of a dick, but he was funny with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, oh, Be we, honest about you. We could actually know. talk for hours and hours. I always say, like, because I meet folk and they're like, oh, you're such an inspiration. Oh, you're really brave. It's fucking murderer. And I'm like, actually, <laughs> You no. never get that, Bob. <laughs> I know. You're, you're, such, fucking you're such an inspiration. <laughs> you're speaking. <laughs> hey, specs are good. Yeah. I've got specs on just anyway. Um... But yeah, and then I'll be like this. See, that's where I'm surrounded by the best people because my hubby will be like this. Yeah, no, she's a bit of a dick at times, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, all my great friends don't... They're not in awe of the journey that I've had. They are just like... 
I well she dealt with it, but actually you should see it sometimes she gets really drunk and really <laughs> proud and exactly. oh my god, so get off the most that mic. Inappropriate yeah. shit. Yeah. These are these are people who spend a lot of time with you though. Yeah. If, you, if you just kinda hear the C V of your life sort of thing, you're like, you go, Oh it my god, oh my god. But then yeah. exactly but then when you spend a lot of time with people, people are complex. I think people you're an inspiration, are... so yeah. fuck you. People are complex, people who are who've done amazing Things can also be completely horrible. Yeah. Hey. You know, Don't get me wrong. No, I'm not horrible. He's <laughs> said you. Said you. He is at it. My, my husband's it. Yeah. But he does, and he and he grinds me, and and so do my friends. And uh, I've got. Can you humble? Man. Yeah, I've got a friend that I've had since I was like seven, and he lives in Sydney now. But he'll always say stuff like that. He's like, "I beat you up, your cunt," <laughs> like, <laughs> and he'll send me like pictures all the time of like saying. That kind of stuff too, yeah. <laughs> but that's so, the dark humour. But it's oh yes, yeah, it's, it's great. But it, that is, it's it's got me through the the whole funeral thing. My mum struggled with a bit because I'd be trying to have this conversation with her, and she'd be like, "I'm not talking about that," and I'm like, "Well, you know, if if you have to, then if it comes to it, then we have to have it, and I don't want you to to have it another way." Mm. And now I've made my friends. I can see this actually because then it'll be my friend Donna has told me that she'll sing you know that superstar song so <laughs> her and my friend Fiona are going to get absolutely wasted to the point that I told Fee if she can sit on a sofa and piss herself <laughs> <laughs> that's my kind of wasted for her <laughs> at my funeral oh this is terrible but um, yeah she's going to sing at it as well she's a terrible singer what kind of music <laughs> What kind of music are you going to have in it? What kind of music are you, oh, did you plan? Bonkers shit that the sounds No, yet. it just, yeah, I am. Um, did you get so far to actually think about that when you were planning it before, when you were in your mid-twenties? Well, you I know? guess, yeah, I've had, like, a playlist of right. all my all my songs. And there'll be loads of people that did you ever, like me. Did you ever just sit and have your playlist on and dream about your own death? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I picked some banging tunes. Oh, <laughs> Oh god, I wish I could hear that. Yeah. Big some banging tunes. Do you know what? Where's my fucking iPod? As soon as I didn't die at 24, I'm playing it I'm today. That's basically what I did at my, uh, my, you know, my, my wedding day. So. Exactly. Oh, do you know that shows that that's a celebration again? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, a celebration of life and a celebration of a. Uh, Points in your life, amazing yeah, things in your yeah. life, should be the same thing, really. Right. You know, it shouldn't be God is in His holy <laughs> temple. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> that, do you remember? That? Do you know what that is? I no. suppose a Poltergeist three, is it? Aye. Oh, but there's this weird, creepy kind of you know the Poltergeist movies, hey. the horror movies, the third one. There's this weird, creepy kind of Quaker guy. And he keeps walking, and he walks by the window of the house, of the main house, sort of thing, and then he, he comes up to the door, and he chaps the door like a Jehovah type of guy, and they open the door and stuff, and he starts, he's a wee bit of religious kind of, Aye. but then that, that, that's his kind of mantra, he goes, God is in his holy temple, oh, it's fucking creepy. Aye, but I don't like, get to night. watch scary movies, me my hubby doesn't like them. Does he know? So, no. Can we talk about him for a wee bit? Yeah. Right, how, how did you meet him? When did you meet him? Ages, all that oh. stuff. Uh, I met him almost 10 years ago in February. It was my friend's 21st birthday. I actually felt pretty rubbish that day and I was going, 
oh no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out. And like, she's a really good friend now. We've done beauty therapy together. Can I stop you for a wee second? Where yeah. were you with the, the cystic fibrosis at this age? What was the, what was well, the... I actually kept um, I kept really well when I was younger, and I think that's because my mum and dad just tried to have me as normal, like encourage me to go out. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> even saying that doesn't sit well with me because there's people that do everything in their power to have their kid have a normal life and with cystic fibrosis, and then they catch a chest infection, mm-hmm. and then they catch one after, and then they're dying at eight. And it's got nothing to do with the parents. It's yeah. no way that people did it. It's just that it that's the way that it yeah, it's the way that it works. Um, but I kept really well, and then when I was thirteen, um, I started to lose lots of weight. I was getting infection upon infection. I was taken into York Hill. It became my second home, and I like I celebrated. I did. I celebrated my thirteenth birthday in there. So I became a teenager in the hospital, and. My mum and dad were sat down by the doctors, unknown to me, and told, you need to prepare for the worst. She's mm. losing so much weight. She is getting really ill. And actually, all it's going to take is one bad chest infection. And I think that's going to be hard. Um, and so I didn't know all this was happening. But I, did, I mean, I was, I was aware that actually I'm really unwell. And I have memories of Christmas time of sitting with my dad and watching... Just sitting with him on the sofa and watching like Wizards, you know that wizard song? Right, <laughs> <laughs> And that oh. that just resonates in my mind of I remember thinking like that was gonna be my last Christmas. Really? With, yeah, 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 that yeah. age. So, um thankfully, and you don't hear this very often, I was diagnosed with diabetes and that helped me put on weight. And that helped me oh, bounce back the jammy from Dodgers. I'm I'm sitting here almost in tears, right? Because see, when you've got kids of your own, right, you start thinking about the the stuff that that obviously your dad had went through, right? And uh, and the fact that you're saying you ha- you you have the memories, right? You watching Wizard and shit like that, right? Now, I'm saying that I'm insane with my kids, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that, right? Because I want them to say, I've got this memory of me and my dad doing this. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I remember my dad done that. Do you know what? I've got a photo on my Facebook page, right? And it's my daughter going to the shops with her first ginger bottle. <laughs> 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 no, can I, I, ages ago, ages ago, he phoned me and he said, do you know what happened with me in the rainy days? We were walking and the wind turned to me and says, Daddy, what's that? And he says, I'll tell you what that is. Come here. And he dragged him a phone box and he brought the way into the phone box and got the phone or ma in the house oh. for a phone box. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm inside on a phone. Loads of kids will never have that. Exactly. Never exactly. Have that. And he's so mental that he was like, I, I know what he did here. That's, that's <laughs> know great, it. Because it, they didn't have a clue what a phone box was. And I'm like, who will we phone next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking, we phoned my dad. Running out of 20p. But it's fucking because I want them to have the memories. I want them to have the memories. Because you know what? The one thing that you can leave in this fucking world is a memory. Yeah, that's that's your legacy. Your memories people have of you. No, and and, uh, I want my kids to to be like, oh, I remember, even if I lived to 100, Mm. for them to go like that, which I can't see happening. (laughs) (laughs) But if I lived to 100, and, and I want them to say, 
you know, I'm sitting in my wee, you know, with trifle drummed in my face. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm going, here's another spoon, Dad. And they, and they say to me, remember that time when... We used a phone box, you remember what they are? And everybody's like, no. No, I, exactly. Or do you remember the time we'd done this? Or remember the time we'd done that? Remember the time, see, like last night, do you know what I'd done last night? And I was getting tutted, tut, tut, tut <laughs> off everybody, right? Because I put the wains and I... I, I, record, I recorded my shopping list into a memo, right, on my phone, and Lucy was listening to the memo, right, with the headphones, and sitting in the the uh, the trolley, uh, the uh, the shopping trolley, and Hannah was in the back of the shopping trolley, right, and Lucy was gone, right, and she, she was reading, she, when it was telling her what to get, she was gone, humus, and I went, <laughs> and I went, right, and she was pausing it, and I'm like, ah, bah, 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 right, <laughs> pretending. And I was fucking running as fast as I could to the humus aisle, right? <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. and then you stop. And then when they seen it, and then it was like, what's next? And she would go, Nutella. And I'm like, bah, 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 bah. and do you know the best <laughs> thing ever, though? They, they know now where things are in Asda, right? <laughs> so so they know. That's the best thing that came for this story. The aisle set up in Asda, no way, right. man. They, they, they know where all the things are in Asda, right? <laughs> and and they, uh, they know that, by the way, it's a long run for this bit to that bit. Mm. So see if you're going for fucking cooked meat. Right. If you're going for cooked meat to fucking <laughs> breakfast cereal, it is a good run. Right? Fun. Aye, exactly. Run that, and I'm yeah. going I'm running by people and Asda going, Hong Kong <laughs> <laughs> And the wings are going, Ah <laughs> I'm like, like, gonna take the wings off them. Dude, <laughs> I want them to fucking when I'm they're spoon feeding me fucking dates and prunes at a hundred years old, I want them to say, Remember that time in Asda? Where he fucking nearly <laughs> killed somebody <laughs> Because that's the memory uh, shaking uh, yeah. see, see like so that that's why I'm I was getting a wee bit emotional there. You're talking about the memories you have with your yeah. dad. I've been really I'm so I am so fortunate I've got I, I really do have a brilliant family so it was then that started it all mm-hmm. you know with my outlook and and I grew up with my mum telling me of a uh, like if you give up you know if you give up I'm going to fucking kill you <laughs> <laughs> but she did and, um, and I think that's hilarious because that when I got the dark humour in you aye, but when I got to a certain age I'm going you do mm, I don't know if that works, Mum. But yeah. I, she, she's, I mean, and she still says it to this day. I'm like almost 33 now and she'll still say it. But I kept really well. 13, I got ill. Diabetics, being diabetic saved my life. I then had to do nasal gastric feed. So at 13, I got taught Oof. how to put a feed up my nose and into my stomach. Oh, my God. Because really? you have to, as a cystic fibrosis patient, you burn... If you're unwell, you burn about 5,000 calories a day just mm. to stay stable. And you need that weight for if you have an infection. Because if you don't have any weight on you, you don't have anything to fight with. Mm. So I would do that every single night. I became a teenager and I got a Nengi feed. Hey. <laughs> and then do that every single night. My curfew was always the same because 10 o'clock I had to go home and do my... Not at 13, but 10 o'clock I had to go home do my NG feed, take it out in the morning. I never wanted anything. Through my whole life, I was very, I don't want anything that's going to be there mm-hmm. forever. So I would then go in every couple of months and get an IV line. So that's like a needle that goes into your arm and a 
kind of tube that goes all the way up to your shoulder. Oh, so it goes yeah, into your, yeah. like, your elbow and up to your shoulder. And they administer two weeks' worth of antibiotics and that. What about regular food? Do you eat regular food? Yeah, this? yeah. And the, the, you don't really... If you're unwell, you don't have an appetite, like everyone. Of course, yeah. right. And if you are battling infections all the time, you don't have so much of an appetite. Like another memory I have from around that age was me lying... Because I just would lie in a sofa all day. And my mum saying, right, just desperate for me to eat. She was like, what are you wanting? And it was like 10 o'clock at night and I went... Oh, I could probably have a pork chop. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say it for her to go and cook me, but they mm. were so desperate for me to be okay mm. that they would go mm. and they'd make. She went and thawed it a pork chop, cooked it, sat it in front. I probably only had a tiny bit of it, mm. but they were just. They just obviously they desperately wanted their the baby of the family to be okay, so. Mm. For the next however many years, for the next five, six years, going through school, getting IV antibiotics, getting taught how to do them myself at home. So I would go to school, do them before I went to school, go home in the afternoon, do them, go back to school, go home at night and have to and do my IV antibiotics. And then that was kind of my my thing through my whole Life until I was about nineteen. And all this no. time you're having to listen to people moaning about not doing their fucking maths. Homework. No, no. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're sitting in class and the teacher's going, "Have you done your maths homework?" And they're all like, "No." You're like, "Kirsty, have you done yours?" I have. I and I done a fucking IV drip Funny last you night. Funny maths as well because that's, that's that's my wife. My wife's a maths teacher. Eh? So I was saying to her, "Oh no, I hated maths. I was terrible at mm. it." But yeah, and then when I was nineteen, I took on well again. But that's because I went to uni and I went a bit mental. What did you do at uni? Uh, I went to go do fashion design. Oh, right, nice. I dropped out after a year because I just wanted to be like everyone else. <laughs> so I went out, I got a part-time job, I was out all the time. I, fucking, I broke my mum and dad's heart and I can see that now in hindsight, but at the well, time I'm thinking... Giving up on education? Give, no, giving up on health. I gave ah, up on okay. looking after myself. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, For how long? Most people go through a rebellious stage. With and the, this is yours? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just living with an illness since you were born. Because you're fucking of, worn down by you it. Are, yeah, you just... You go to uni, everyone's having a great time, and you're like, well, fuck it, I'm going to have a great time as well. All takes my medicine. And then as time went on... I would stop taking medicine and then I would stop doing physio and then I'd be telling my mum and dad, oh, yeah, I've done it. Me thinking that I was checking them, I was about to say a dullion. A dullion. But me thinking I was checking them, great. Whereas they were sitting there going, she's killing herself. And I was totally thinking, no, I'm great. To the point, self-denial to the point that I thought, the doctors have it wrong. They've been treating me for cystic fibrosis. In all fairness, though, and anybody goes through that kind of wild time when you're a teenager, usually it's rebelling against like your man acts are a wee bit strict and stuff like that. You've got a shit ton of stuff that you're having to deal with. And... Aye, but you also don't wait. You, you can't live your life in excuses and reasons as to... No. So, I mean... You need, and you had to watch your rebellion as well because your rebellion could potentially... Well, I almost did kill me. Yeah, no. almost did. At 19... Most of the time you just get your slap off your dad. <laughs> you <laughs> But that yeah. was the thing. My mum and dad had been through anger and now they were just totally at despair. And I can see that now and it really it upsets me now because I did that to them. I made them... Oh, everybody despair. does that for Monday. Ah, I don't worry about it. <laughs> see, 
see looking back on things now, right, and obviously looking at your 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 mum and dad, right? Can can you even comprehend the heartbreak that they, you know, uh, over those years? Or, oh, not. Does that does that grasp you? Does that when you think it? Obviously, you say, "Oh, I was right." Bastard, and we're laughing and joking about it, but see, sometimes yeah. these sit and go like that. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's uh, like even here, just now, it's horrible. I hate, I hate that I put them through that. But in my head, I was fine. I was going to be fine. Me not doing my treatments, I was going to be okay. And and I try and, like, now in my position that I'm in, I've got friends with CF that I see going down that road that are much younger than me. And I've done a type of intervention with them. And I think it's different when you are that person that's been there that goes, I know you think you're going to be okay. I know that you think that this is okay to do this, but actually it's not. And there's only one way that it's going to go and you need to change it just now. For me, I got sat down at 19 with my doctor, physio, nurses, my mum and dad, and told, you don't change... Kirsty, you're going to be dead in a year because did, all my lung function and did, stuff had hit. Did you have a fuck you death attitude at that point? Did you say, do you know what, I don't give a fuck? No, I actually don't. I don't think that I actually thought I was going to die. Oh, is that what oh, it was? Yeah. Like? Is that an invincibility that comes yeah, with being a teenager a anyway? Even even if you get something as... as, as Horrible as that. I mean, you're I still going to think it's not going to happen to me, like you no. said. Uh, I had the doctors rang. It's like yeah. nothing. I I'd mean, stopped doing drugs. I'd stopped doing my medication, and I was feeling brilliant. Started doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but I was feeling great. I was thinking, why have they got me on all this stuff? If actually I feel great yeah, with this, they just give me an ecky every day. <laughs> and <I'm fine. laughs> but no. then, um, and then they were right because I hit a low. And I hit such a low that now in hindsight, that was nothing compared to what I ended up going through before a transplant, but mm. I couldn't walk. I couldn't I couldn't walk properly. I had to, I'd actually been, I'm going to say Ibiza, but it wasn't that kind of holiday, <laughs> with my sister and her wee girl, who was only two at the time. And we were at the pretty part of Ibiza. And while I was there, I got so unwell that when I came back, I had to hold on to the trolley and lean over it to try and, Help me. What it was like, I was using a Zimmer frame because I couldn't breathe. So yeah, then I changed it, gave up uni, gave up my work, paid attention to my health, and lived okay for the next wee while. Um, and then I met Doogie, which is where that question started. Yes, yeah. it was. And I'm so glad you took the long way around that. Because exactly. if you just say, "Well, I bumped into him at a party one night," <laughs> so what is the story then? So what is the what's the I, origin story? Then? I wasn't meant to be going out that night because I felt ill, and I wasn't all that close to my friend at the time. So I thought she's not really going to miss me. And then I was like, "Oh, but it's our actually would that have been her? No, our twenty first. It would have been because I would have been twenty two or twenty three at the time." 23 when I met Dougie. And uh, I walk into the Archie's Octopus student night. I used to I used to think I was a bee's knees, so I'd walk in somewhere, see the guy that I was like, okay, if he's single, that's who I'm going to kiss tonight. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. So I'm pulling my friends over to this guy with long hair and a beard, and I'm like, okay, let's go dance over here. And by the time I got over there, he was gone, and I'm like, oh, where's he gone? Then I go see my friend... And there he is standing with this group of people. And I'm like, who's that? And she's like, oh, that's Doogie. He used to go out with my best friend from back home. She's from up the Highlands. And um, I was like, all right, so they're not together anymore? No. And that was the beginning of it. 
And so you made the first move on him. I always made the first move. Oh, yeah. see, see, for you, good for you. Fuck's sake, she could have been did the man. She was going for it. Uh, I no, when I I say this to my, I don't know. It, it worked a blinder. I makes me sound like I'm really up myself though. I used to go up to guys and say, "You're either single, you're taken, or you're not interested." And that was it. That was your. That was your Aye. kiss for the night because, Aye. and I really do mean kiss. But I'm not that I've got anything. I don't have. I was with someone for five years before Doogie, um, but he didn't take anything to do with my health. He didn't want to know when I was up at the hospital. He didn't want to, and he didn't yeah. have to. I and he didn't have to deal with anything like Doogie did. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we started dating. And then I was thinking, this guy's too nice for me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, I'm a bit mental. He's just a really genuine, nice guy. Um, but everyone was saying to me, oh, no, he's got, you know, he's got a bit of a dark sense of humour. So he, he had people in common with you then? So yeah, how, but he how, didn't know about my CF, actually. He didn't actually. know about no. that, right. um, And so we go on dates, and then I remember watching Family Guy with him, and I'm laughing at, like, the jokes that I find really funny, like the mm. sick ones, and me thinking... Okay, I'll maybe date you a wee bit longer, but we'll see. And then two months into it, we were sitting in Nice and Sleazy's, and he just thought I was asthmatic up to this point. If I stayed over, I had to make sure he fell asleep first, but because of my breathing, I used to, it wasn't snore, I used to moo during the night. (laughs) So I'd be like this. (laughs) <laughs> so I used to have to make sure I would kid when I was sleeping make sure he fell asleep and then and be then like right, then real, I can really go to sleep, sleep. Yeah. so he's thinking I'm asthmatic he told me a couple of times of you should really just cough just cough that up and I'm like I wish <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I could cough this up and then we sat in nice and sleazies and I used to do a fundraiser with all my friends every year where we got in fancy dress went round the pubs of Glasgow right, and right. we collect money for the Cystic Fibrosis Trust and um, I was like, oh, we're doing this in, in a week's time. And he's like, oh, what are you doing it for? And I was like, cystic fibrosis. All right, okay, why did you do it? Oh, what made you choose that? I was like, okay, I guess this is an open door. I'm like, this is a big <laughs> open door now. Right. He, I don't think he had any suspicion because he didn't right, know what it was. Right, right. So I went, um, I should tell you, I'm doing it for that because it's pretty selfish. I've got that, so I want to raise money right. for it. Right. And um I know you like me now, I know, I know. So we were sitting at the bar. I said a real double way in, he's too far in now. It's pretty sick. It was the day after he said, I think I love you. You Surprise! Got something to do. I was the one that said that first. Tiki's a bit guarded with that. But he was like, okay. And we're just sitting and it was pretty quiet, <laughs> sitting at the bar. And he goes, are you going to tell me what it is? And I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not going to tell you. He's like, well, I'm going to go home on Wikipedia. So This is before smartphones, obviously. I, he's like, so you need, yeah, yeah. So he's like, um, you're as well telling me or I'm going to hear the worst of it. Mm. And I sat there and I was like, okay. I said, um, I'm 23 at the time. He's 22 because he's a year younger than me. And I turned around to him and I went, average life expectancy is 31. And he took no hesitation and he just turned around and he went, yeah, but I heard life shite after 31 anyway. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I'm good gonna, line. Good diggy. I'm good, going, diggy. good diggy. So that was, um, that was it, really. And that yeah. was us. 
Did you kind of know then that that was kind of like going to be your guy? No, probably not. I don't think I. I it's hear not, people. It's a, it's you a, don't a, want to say it because it's no, cheesy. No, no, no. no, no, it's no, no. Not I'm that. a cheese. I'm a cheese meister. <laughs> I love cheese. It's not that. I, I, it's because when you're at that age, right, and you're young, but you're you're dealing with something traumatic as well. But you, you feel like, oh, this could be the yeah. one. This could be a lot. You don't really know what it is yet because you're still dead young. I and think you, you put a lot. Of, you invest a lot in every relationship, I suppose. Do you know what? I think after. I, me having had a five-year relationship with someone mm. and then him not really having to do with my CF, I actually think, looking back, that I just didn't think I would ever have someone that would be the whole thing for me. I didn't think I would ever get married. I'd, I'd find made myself to a life of just dating loads of guys and having lots me of fun. Me too, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> and he, ah, pay, he pays for his money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the guys. <laughs> We, we, we spoke about this in our very first podcast because it's not that I don't believe in marriage. I just think I, I would have to be convinced. Yeah. You know, so I guess I'm at that stage that you were at where you think no. you just... Uh, I just didn't think anyone would take... I honestly, and it sounds weird, oh, woe is me, but I actually just didn't think... Anybody would on, take you on? Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't think anyone who in their right mind would want to take it's a lot on... Of work. So much, yeah, and yeah. it has been. And see, it if has you been had, see if you had like built up wealth before it, then maybe. I maybe, <laughs> I definitely. Something to be in the head. She's a keeper. Especially. Well, Dougie, on our wedding, uh, on the night God of our wedding, I know, <laughs> on the night of our wedding, we're sitting in this because we had it in the pub. Everyone got surprised, it was amazing. But <clears throat> they were sitting in this apartment that we rented out, and he's saying to everyone, Do you know, I always thought. Great, I'm in this for the short haul. I'm not going to have too long with this girl. It's great. There's no chance she's surviving long enough that I need to get to this road. And the people that know Doogie and I, well, really know us, because some of my friends still are a wee bit uncomfortable with that kind of mm-hmm. chat. Uh-huh. The people that really know us were howling, because that is, that's it. He's like, I never fucking thought I would have to... You know, like nine years, nine years she's been on the scene. <laughs> when is this going to <laughs> I couldn't hold it off anymore, was basically it. But, um, yeah, and then since I think when you then I ended up going through end stage CF, I ended up one of the most, I don't want to get like two, because I know that it's nice and up and, but. One of the most terrific things was having a lung collapse, and I, I don't want to talk about it too much because I end up crying every time I share this story. But I woke up in the middle of his in his bed because I would stay over all the time with him, and I'd been climbing that night. So actually, my lung function was You've shit. Been climbing? Yeah, he's a climbing instructor. Oh, is that like, what yeah. Oh, okay. So and you went with him? And yeah. Oh. I mean, when I met Dougie, and once he knew all about it, it made me want to, maybe I was a bit gun-ho in that, right, well, if this is my life, this is my life, and if it doesn't last that long, he made me want to try harder and try and get fit and try and be around for longer, mm. just so that I could hear his sick jokes. But, <laughs> yeah, and then I woke up in the middle of, I woke up in the middle of the night, as I used to always do, because by this point my lungs were quite bad, and I was coughing, and as he would do, he would rub my back. And then I couldn't get my breath. And I just couldn't get my breath. And I was sitting there. And he obviously knew. And he was like Superman. He jumped. He actually, we were a good bit away from the light switch. 
jumped right over me, switched the light switch, and was just looking at me like, what's happening? What's happening? And I, I, I had no idea, and I thought, maybe I'm having a panic attack. I've never had a panic attack in my life, mm -hmm. so I'm trying to say to him, but I couldn't breathe. I'm going, get back. And so he went and got a bag, and I tried to, because if you have a panic attack, you're meant to, like, breathe in a bag. Yeah. Tried to do that, and I'm like, it's not a panic attack. Not that I'd had one, but I was like, nothing's, I just actually cannot get a breath in. I just felt like every time I was breathing in, it was going nowhere. And so I said to him, phone an ambulance, and we still laugh about this. I'm like, phone, ambulance. And he was like, what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, for reals? I don't really. And we always like, we laugh about this because I'm like, for fuck. I was sitting there feeling like I actually thought I was dying, and I'm going, you need to get an ambulance now. Do you know, see, the thing is, that could have, see with your sense of humour, <laughs> you that could have been up? a really cruel joke you played mm. on. <laughs> <laughs> Phone ambulance. Go yeah! yeah. Go yeah! Well done in the light so switch, he, by the way. You're flicking the light switch, but the ambulance. So he's got a medic for here. Uh, so he's probably <laughs> did a dance in the living room. Right. I need to ask an uncomfortable question. Is not right? uncomfortable, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, we, your husband, right? Yeah. Was he ever scared when you got to be intimate? Right? Was he ever scared that it would he would hurt you or it would be like you were fragile in a way because of your condition or anything like that? Or? No, I don't think so. I, ne I Now I'm sitting in my head going, oh, I can't be saying those jokes because I'm like, <laughs> maybe I just don't share this with anyone. I start to think that because like by eight months prior to transplant, I was in oxygen. Mm. I start to think that maybe I was a wee bit Michael Hutchinson <laughs> because obviously it gets to the point that I couldn't breathe. <laughs> but who knows? But no, no, and he, even with like Dougie is a wee bit, and he'll say it himself, he's a wee bit emotionally retarded, and that he doesn't really get emotional. Mm -hmm. So, and it it was a lifesaver during my waiting for a transplant. I back and well, I'm going to go back to that night. Yeah. Is that a bit sad though? No. Well, so he's phoning an ambulance. We're sitting in the bed, and he's trying to hold my hand, and actually, I was like, I can't. I'm thinking in my head, I can't hold his hand because I'm struggling to breathe. I'm having to count my breaths. I can't cry. If I start crying, I'm not going to be able to breathe. And I was, I, one thing I kept on saying to him was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because I was, I knew in my head, I was dying in that room. I was about to die and there was no, the paramedics weren't there. They weren't going to get here in time. Unbeknownst to me, I was later told that actually when you can't breathe, I just, I actually, at that point, I just wanted to go, like, I just, it was you, horrific. Had you reached a point of acceptance, you're saying, like that? Like, I don't know, didn't know what, no, it was just so horrific, trying to breathe, that was like... You just wanted that over? I want over, yeah. I was like, I either, can I not just pass out, can I not just pass out, and if I pass out, whether I make it or not, I don't care, I just don't want to be feeling this anymore. And then the fucking paramedics couldn't find us. Oh my so, God. <laughs> I, I know. So Dougie had to leave me. He had to leave the room and he had to go downstairs and try and find the ambulance. Uh. And it was at that point, two o'clock in the morning, I picked up my phone and I, um, I sent a text to my mum and dad and I said that I was really sorry, that actually, how amazing they were, how thankful I was that I had them as my parents to tell my sisters and my niece and nephew, or my two you nieces did, and nephew. You, you could do that when that was happening, you... I had to, I didn't want to... I, the I wanted, presence of mind to I do that? I 
thought that was it. That was my do, end. Do you, right, do you, are you more emotional now with... Steroids. Tell, <laughs> 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 with, with telling people how you feel now. The, I, I'm sure now that you have told your mum and dad, you know, that, that how thankful you are. Yeah. How sorry you are for certain things you've done. And see that, you know, people going about... Uh, uh, Ah, you shouldn't die with regrets and all that, and you should regret the things that you've done rather than things you've not done and all that. Obviously, at that point in time, there's a million things going through your head, right? But see now, do you say to your mum and dad, you know, like, do they know yeah. pretty much all the shit that you're sorry for? And and, and they know that, like, because I know me, if I was to go there and get hit by a bus tomorrow, my man doesn't know half of the stuff that I feel sorry for doing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I actually don't know if I ever said to them. <coughs> I think I've said to them in passing about... How I think I have said to them about how bad I feel when I was younger, and actually the gift of hindsight and stuff. But I, do you don't think they wouldn't care? I, I know, I know. Now, now the way it's ended, but at the time, oh, it no. was. Oh, yeah. so right now, they don't care. You're a good no. person, now. You were a bit of an asshole when you were younger. But where is we all had the moments. But I probably, I do, I like. You should see my Facebook page. I will be. I am right. Like I said, I am right cheesy, and. Yeah, do, do I mean, you share all the memes? No. He's fucking meme, yeah. Oh, he can't say meme right now. Oh, I think I see memes, actually. What do you see? But I used to see meme memes. I was like, <laughs> meme. Meme. Diane, what do you say? I say memes. Diane's gone. She's she giving memes. up on it. She's like, this is... Good. Memes is too. Right, so see... Memes, eh? Right. So, I know. Fucking... Do you share them? The no, horrible ones with no, the fucking... No, no. Two horns together saying no, this no, horrible fucking poem. No, not that poem. kind that of shit. That gives me the I fucking boat. Me too. I don't share that kind of shit at all. They're only but designed for women. We were just... Shut up, I don't know. You. That's a lot of rubbish. What they're designed for, they're pure coffee cup philosophy. Aye. It is cheap rubbish. No, Do you know what I don't like about it? Do you know what I don't like about it? all these memes are. Can he be doing with This is somebody see if you post them you are somebody who's using a fucking random photo that means yeah. nothing to you like we're writing uh, uh, exactly we're writing on it that means exactly. fucking nothing to you written by somebody you've never heard of, to express your emotions about something else what a yeah. fucking idiot are you write no. to yourself no. you don't need that though I don't I don't share that kind of shit what we were discussing this last night actually of Doogie and I were talking about it I always like to think that the stuff that I post on Facebook is genuine. Like, we just went through Organ Transplant, National Organ Transplant Week, and or Organ Donation Week, and actually, last year, I shared a video of me talking, and it I, I, mean, I didn't go viral. It, it had, like, 55,000-odd views with it. That's pretty viral, It was all right. Uh, but it spread all right. the word. <laughs> it did. It spread the word. I wrote posts every single day, including when I had my lung collapse and mm -hmm. and, and and talking about that when when my life got saved that night in 2009, it wasn't just me that was saved. It was my family. It was my friends. And that's the thing about organ donation is not just, you're not just saving a person, you're saving everyone around them. You're saving the from life. From facing heartbreak. Because that would, that, there's no doubt, that would change them. That would change my sisters. That would change, whether it was for good or bad, it would have changed the person that they, or the yeah. people that they are. But, yeah, so I sent that letter, or that email, or that text. My dad just found that phone recently and is looking for a charger for it. And then I sent a text to... What kind to, of phone is it? I can't even remember. Find I'll find out. Find out the phone and we'll try and get one for And you. then... <laughs> 
I sent a text to all the girls that I grew up with and to my friend Mark. Who... Meanwhile, your 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 lungs collapsed and you're doing this. Yeah. Oh no, that wasn't that night. That was the night of transplant. Sorry. So no, uh, I just sent to my mum and dad, uh, and I said to them to tell my nieces and nephews how much I love them, right. and that regardless what everyone tells them, that I'll and regardless of what they do, I would have always been proud of them. And then the ambulance came, and then the paramedics came, and then they took me to um, the Royal, but not before the Golden Gown, which I only threw out last year, so that was like almost... Yeah, what? Yeah, wait, wait for us. Almost <laughs> nine years later. This is a fashion or, designer talking about this. Well, so. no. I put on doogies, because I had like a nighty one, so I put on doogies, they put doogies dressing gown over me, I'm sitting in the lift of these two paramedics, can't he breathe... Because they can't do anything there and then and there. Uh, what are they doing? Putting oxygen in there? Put ox- oh, well, I ha- no, I didn't have... It's uh, pointless because Gave me oxygen, but it's not... Yeah. Um, gave me oxygen, put a cannula in, but there's nothing they could do. And I'm sitting in the lift and I go, oh, no, guys, guys, I really, I really need to pee. Although I'm saying it like, I need to pee. And they just go, just, just go. That's why. <laughs> Because <laughs> they can't even take me back to the toilet. No, no. So basically, I peed in do- uh, Doogie's dressing gown <laughs> that we then kept for years and years. <laughs> and we would refer to as the Golden Gown. The Golden Gown! That's what this podcast going to be called. <laughs> this episode's called The Golden Gown. <laughs> and then up at the hospital. Oh, well, that was that wasn't such a horrific night. That's probably one of the most horrific nights I've ever had because they couldn't do anything until they got an X-ray, but they didn't tell me this, and so everyone's just standing around me. Was it one lung? Yeah, my full my full right lung had collapsed. It'd been so destroyed by CF that it then had blisters on the outside, and one of those blisters had burst, and so every time I was trying to take a breath, and bearing in mind I didn't have a full working left lung, so I had loads of scarring from lots of infections. It meant that. I was only down to probably about 30, 40% lung function, and then I'd lost a whole half of that. So, um, but then even then, like, again, even on that, because it was so quick, though, because it just went overnight, whereas before transplant, cystic fibrosis had taken everything away from me, but it done it really slowly. So it stripped everything really, like creeping, we creeping, it creep, started creeping up and stealing things bit by bit. So I was sitting at the hostel and they're all standing around me. And I just remember like going, why is no one helping me? And I was asking them, why is no one helping me? And then they did an x-ray. This doctor walked in and she went, Kirsty, I'm so sorry. We don't have, you're only, because I was much skinnier than this. They're like, we don't have any smaller tubes and I can't, I don't have time to put uh, anesthesia on you. We're going to need to just cut into your chest what? just now with this humongous big tube. Well, you'll fucking catch and I, a breath oh, then. Oh, I didn't care. <coughs> That's it. The minute, the minute they put that in and my lung reinflated, I, did, I, like, I actually turned around to her and went, you're an angel. Coming from the non-religious <laughs> girl, I was like, you're an angel. I, like, I could just breathe again. And that was me. And then I had another three lung collapses after that. In hospital. Did they weirdly get easier? No, I was going to say that. No, one of them, I had a doctor beside me and knowing, she said, we're going to change these tubes, but actually there's a chance that your lung's going to collapse again. And it was still, and even the panic in her face, Mm -hmm. seeing the panic in mine, because it's like, it was just like, 
the rug was taken well and truly from me and I was free falling and even though you've got a doctor beside you that's about to stick another chest drain in in your mind you're going well I said it again like that's me I'm dying I'm dying and and then they did and it was fine and then the doctor sat me down and they said we need to get you on the transplant list Kirsty and what what usually happens with cystic fibrosis is that they put you on they're able to watch your decline and I'd stabilised for quite a while which is why I'd been out climbing and stuff mm-hmm. stabilised for a while but they can watch your decline and they then say to you about transplant when they think you've got about two years to live because that's the average waiting time in the UK okay. for lungs double lungs yeah for yeah and so I mean we've got I have to say that so many times we've got such a shortage in the UK mm-hmm. of organs so mine was a bit different in that they said your lungs are so temperamental now that if you have another lung collapse which could happen at any moment then that's it. Gains a bogey. Yeah. What do they what do they do then? Do they just let you take your last breath or do they try and help you? I know that that's a they would, taboo with CF, thing. No, no, no. With CF, I think they would let you if you had another lung collapse. They give you pain relief. I um uh so many things. Sometimes I think that my life, if I actually when I, mean, I sit down and think about all the different bits of it, like you couldn't make it up. I, when I was talking about not being able to talk to other CF people, we had a cystic fibrosis forum, which a lot of us were on. And so we would sit and talk to each other. And one day when I was like 20 or 19, I seen this post by this girl and she'd basically given up. She was just like, I just don't, I, I don't really see, I've just been in the hospital all the time. I've not really had a life. She mm. Not, not in that way, because I wouldn't... Hopefully her parents won't listen to this, but she, she'd just been ill since she was wee. Mm. And I sent a message Sometimes to her. Sometimes I guess you don't see a way out of that. No. You see that's the... And you think, is, is the, it becomes quality of life. I feel like I after two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, about quality of life after a while, and you think. so I was compelled to write underneath this. And then we started talking, and then we became, like, best friends online. And... I'd never had... When I was younger, I made the decision I didn't want to talk to any... Although we could. If you were in the hospital, you could talk to other CF people. You just yeah. weren't meant to. Yeah. But I had always decided, I don't want to talk to anyone else. This is my journey. I don't want to be influenced yeah. by anyone else's journey. I don't want to see people... I'd had a boy... The first time I was in hospital, I had a boy who I found out a year later had died and I had been talking to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's it. I don't, I don't want to be pals with anyone because if that's how it's going to work out... Is it just for the heartbreak? Yeah. It's either me or them. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, but then Nicola was different and then we made the decision to meet each other. It sounded like... It sounds Online like she was, Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I say to people, like, I've got my husband and he's so, like, he's amazing, but Nicola was, like, my soulmate, like, mm. well and truly. Because she understood you. Yeah, Totally yeah. and completely, because yeah, there was no how, how could anybody else understand? And it doesn't have But it sounds like And when she's saying, you know, I've had enough of this. And yeah. You obviously went through that as well. Do you think that's a common thing? That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we would talk every single day and we would text, and then she, would, she lived in Paisley, and I'd be like, wake up in the morning, and if I couldn't really breathe, I'd be like, are you struggling as well today? Yeah, yeah, 
I'm struggling. Must be the fucking so obviously it's fucking air. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it was muggy, you would struggle to breathe. Oh. And then, so she was my soulmate. And the only reason that the only reason I feel like I got through that um, lung collapse is because while I'm sitting there trying to breathe, Nicola was so petite. She was so petite, tiny. But she was so strong and she'd had a lung collapse and she described it to me. Mm. And I sat in that bed going, okay, if she can do it, I can do this, I can do this. And that's you what used brought me her through. Sort of yeah. Thing, yeah. She, she, although I'm like, I don't like people saying inspire, she still, mm-hmm. in, she still inspires me. The me after I got my transplant. I like the fact you use inspire. Yeah. I know you say you don't like saying it because th- it becomes th- cheesy when ah, you exactly. say it over and over exactly, but, but, but it's, it's earned when you're saying it yeah. ah, exactly I mean she obviously she, uh, somebody she willing you to live and making you want you to live yeah. is inspiring as anything you know what I she mean she transformed my life and I was asked the other day there when I did an interview of if you could and she was like I know this is a really hard question like take your time to think about it and she's like if you could I hadn't mentioned Nicola at this point. She said, if you could go back and not have CF, would you do it? And I was like, no, because I wouldn't have met her. (laughs) So she had that much and still has that much of an influence. She passed away the May after I got my transplant. And, like, we could just be so frank with each other. And she told Mm -hmm. me when I got the chance to live again, she said to me, I didn't know whether I was going to be... I would have been really happy for you, but I didn't know whether it was going to hurt knowing that you've been given a chance because she never got the chance to go down and even get seen for transplant. And she was like, but I wasn't. I've just, I'm just so happy that you've had the chance to live. Mm-hmm. So We always talk about... I don't know if we've actually spoken about it on this, but we talk about it privately as well that... The, I believe, certainly he does as well, that certain people are destined to just come into your life to perform some kind of act. And it might not just be for you, it might be for some some other reason, but there are just certain people that are meant to be in your life at certain times. Yeah. You know, and I totally, and that's not a religious thing, it's, just, it's, it's that's probably a spiritual thing, I think. Yeah. Mostly, you that's know. what we're talking about, spirituality without religion as well. Uh, exactly. The, the, um, I don't know, I said it recently to somebody about um, serving your purpose in life, right? And serving your purpose in life isn't a, you know, by the way, I fucking made millions. <laughs> I've done this, i done People get totally drawn by the... The wrong pursuit. It's fucking an unimportant shit, right? Now, um, the one thing that I know in talk about spirituality, I don't know, again, through if it's religious or whatever, is that when... My day comes, right? I know I will have served my purpose, in my opinion, right? I know I will have served my purpose. And I think that brings a certain kind of contentment in your own mortality with that, where you, where you say, you know, uh, all right, the day's come, but I've served my purpose, right? Um, I <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to live forever and everybody wants to live so long, that's, uh, why, that's why we're doing this podcast. I'm trying to find my purpose. This <laughs> 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 is it's, it's, it's a big vanity project. I'm just trying to get more pals on Facebook. <laughs> so, so yeah, but but yeah, I, I honestly feel that when I have uh, when I when it does come to me, then I've served my purpose and I'm quite content with how things have gone so far. I mean, there's been some shit stuff. Yeah. There's been some madness. There's been a bit of everything. 
see with living with, with CF, is it easier to 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 just grasp at things and and live that and try and, and and do you think that you serve your purpose through having that or you know by the people you meet the people because I know you say you're not inspiring but to me you're inspiring right and to a couple even just as a humanist minister and the stuff that you're talking about that's inspiring to people but the fact that you have CF as well and you can use that and see that I think oh sorry I just hit your mic sorry about that he's uh, clumsy <laughs> he's not inspiring he's clumsy <laughs> <laughs> no but but the thing is that was what that was what got what got me we we. Uh, Remember a, a way back where I said you, that just made you so much more interesting yeah. to me, right? It's because a lot of the time people deal with things, you know, illnesses and stuff with religion, right? Um, I deal with things probably uh, with religion, but also uh, with acceptance and, 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 like you say, just being a good person. Now, see, when you become a humanist, how do you deal with, you know, things like that? How do you deal with you know, life and death, and is it just accepted that, you know, that you're going to die one day? So we talked about a little bit of when I was waiting for transplant and you've got one in two chance, and actually I had another two people that I knew were waiting for that double lung as well. And statistically speaking, again, of, oh, I might not make it. Now, I had, I have again, I've got a great mind in that it doesn't often let me believe that kind of stuff or so it's not that I didn't believe I wouldn't I was just like it is what it is mm-hmm. and you can't do anything and I can't change that and then I worried of and I did actually worry I went it's like well what happens if I decide that I want to turn to religion when it gets really bad mm-hmm. when my chance and I still worry about that a bit sometimes I've had to do it yeah. like I said to you I'm hedging my bets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, if it does come and I'm right, you're fucked. Right? But if it turns out that Allah's the real God, then I'm fucked. Yeah. But then I, I said to that, oh, I am very much, I'm not anti-religion. I'm whatever makes you be a better person, whatever helps you get through your day. And sometimes, with the amount of people that I've lost after transplant, that have had CF, that have not made it or not got the chance... I envy folk that have religion, that can think that they go into something else, that can think that they can... But then on another way, I don't want to believe in that. I want to believe that this is my time, and it's not because I want to do so much. This is my time. I don't want to live forever, because that sounds horrendous to me. Boring as It depends if you get older. I would live forever at this age. If if I could be like Highlander, I would would live forever. Really? I just do. I like that. (laughs) Um, I would do space exploration and all that shit. I would get bored. I know I would get bored. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, I've had this... You know when you used to... Well, I don't know if you did, but when I used to go dating, I mean, maybe not quite the same as afterlife, but you used to go dating, You'd meet people. Sometimes that's <laughs> sometimes it'd be great. You're going sharing your story, blah blah blah. And then I got to a place that I was like, I cannot be bothered starting and sharing a story with someone again. Yes, now, that's Aye. boring. Aye. Well, actually, if you live forever, you're, you're going to be keep doing telling that story that. on there again. Like, Aye. yeah, because you don't want to be just talking to the same person. That's what I said to him because when I became single after a long relationship, I was like, do you know what the worst part of this is? I don't want to have to fucking catch everybody oh. up on whatever and I've done and all that. It's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, because you end up, you start getting material. You start having like a thing where you yeah, you've got, you've got a story you can run through, and then you start you cut the fat off it when you meet the next yeah. person. You get another wee joke in there. See, it becomes a fucking comedian almost, where you've got this story, 
and you can just fling it out at will when you meet a new person. It's murder. It, it, no, it definitely is. Um, and so I didn't turn to religion. There was one time when I waited, when I was waiting for transplant, and there was only the, really the, only the one time that I remember this happening. And I woke up through the night, and I think I was having some kind of dream, and I was absolutely inconsolable. And Dougie was beside me, and he just sat beside me. But the thing, like I said, he's not really re- emotional. So actually, it was great because if he'd started crying, I probably would have oh, been like yeah. wailing at that point. And I just sat for however long it was, sobbing my eyes out because. And I like to say that I think it was a bit because, well, what? That's me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, if I don't make this, that's me. I don't get to have any more story. And when I share this story with people, I go, well, you know, I was crying because, and it is part of it, I was crying because my family would have to pick up the pieces. And how is my sisters going to cope? And my nieces and nephews, they wouldn't have had their own memories of me. Mm-hmm. They would have had to have been told about Crazy Antikirsty. <laughs> that broke my heart. But do you think that your family would be happy though, knowing now, knowing that? To me, you you live your life, man. You yeah. have, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's see having uh, died and never lived. That's an old cliche, and all right. But but see when you see somebody who's enjoying it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Who's living their life? Then there is some kind of for me. There's some kind of comfort in that, you know that they say, "Well, do you know what? It was a good gene." Oh you yeah, know? <laughs> it was a. Fo- Look at this. Remember that? Fo- I don't like photos. I like memories. I know that Aye. sounds a bit bonkers. I don't mm-hmm. like. Fo- I liked earlier on when we were talking about like what's your, well, almost like your legacy, and you said, "Oh, pursuit of," and then I was thinking about that Will Smith movie of pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to think that. Yeah, I'm pursuing my happiness, but it's pursuing other people being able to find happiness yeah. is such a gift. And I get to do that by being a celebrant. Mm-hmm. I get to help people have or start off the happiest day of one like or one of the happiest days of their life. Cause and then I and then with funerals I get to share and I give that family as a collective and friends. This is your last chance to say goodbye to people. Mm-hmm. I get to share that story and I do the best job that I can. But and not in a mournful way be. and it's a celebration of the yeah. person's entire life. Yeah. So, so you, you, you've got an amazing job. You get to start somebody off, well, two people off on their journey yeah. of the happiest time. Well, and then at the end, you get to celebrate all the happiness. But that's what made, made me that day when I said that to you. Made you far more interesting to me, yeah. Because the, the, to live the life you've led, right? And obviously, to me, there's what you becoming a humanist celebrant isn't it an accident, right? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's fate or whatever, but but that is it's a family a, business, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't it always. I, it wasn't it always. Obviously, you know, the uh, you do a lot for a uh, organ donation. Right, and you are a firm champion, right? Uh, and do you do stuff for uh, the C, the CF people? CF or? Trust as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's the kind of is is there an official charity? Is an official thing that you're associated with for? I'm an I'm an advocate for a charity called Live Life Give Life, right. which was founded by two people who had cystic fibrosis, mm-hmm. who have both now passed um, 
but wanted to raise awareness for the need for organ donors. Wanted to, it was really, it, it started as just wanting to talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. If we can, you know, that 11th of November, 2009, two days after my birthday, my 26th birthday, I no longer had to rely on oxygen. I no longer had to use a ventilator at night. I could, well, within a week or so, I was able to walk again. Mm. I was able to dance. I was giving back everything and more. See, see that wedding the other day? Mm-hmm. I was that with you. The, uh, the funny thing was happening where uh, we, we were sitting chatting and uh, and just like a tune would come on. Kirsty <laughs> 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 would turn around to me and say, she would turn around to me and go like that. I just put one finger up and go, I need to dance to this, <laughs> right? And disappear, right? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if, <laughs> if, you know, you're saying that you can dance again and all that, having all that back and having all the function, you know, becoming human again in, in many yeah. ways, you know, and, and being able to, to operate, um, you've come a long, long way. And it, it is, I know you don't like being insp- <laughs> inspirational um, because you, but it's because you're humbled by the fact that you have seen so many other inspirational people. Mm-hmm. You don't see yourself as inspirational. I see you as inspirational. Totally, yeah. I've learned an awful lot about uh, everything that's been spoke about the day and it's absolutely been fantastic. It's been amazing to talk to you. We, we, last, last podcast we were talking about a hero of yours called Warren Zevon. You know Warren Zevon? No, no. He's a singer-songwriter and he sadly passed away with cancer. I don't know how many years ago. He had lung cancer. Had lung cancer. 2004 or something. And, uh, but, but he was diagnosed with it and then he made an album and a documentary in the lead up to, because he wasn't sure if he was going to meet his granddaughters at the time. And <gasps> so, so he wanted to kind of... He was given a... Uh, he was just given hope of longevity. He wasn't getting told yeah. he was ever going to be cured. Mm-hmm. So what he said was, I've got an album I need to make. Yeah. Um, Taking a see so everything that he had left. He knew see. that he would, as soon as he got the chemo, stuff like that, they wouldn't be able to do the stuff that he wanted to do for this album. So he said, well, how long have I got? They gave him a time frame and he said, well, do you know what? See, for the first two weeks of that, I'm making an album or whatever it was. So he made an album, right? Uh and then he appeared, who was a good friend of his at the time, was a guy, uh, David Lerman. David Lerman, David Lerman, on the Late Show. So he appeared in the Late Show. Bob and I were talking about it last week. And he basically um, kind of wrapped up his career interview sort of thing, you know, and David Letterman asked him an amazing question. I want to ask you. Uh, he <laughs> said that now that you've been diagnosed with that sort of thing... and You've stared death in the face. You've stared it like that in the face. What do you know that I don't? So what do you know that we don't? About? About everything, about uh, anything. Uh, is, is there any, did, did the experience that you've had, and well, the experience that you're currently having as well, obviously, uh, does that colour your perception of things in a way that we don't understand? Oh my God, do you think he was told this question before he went on? No, that is so no he wasn't. Do you know was how I know? And I bet he had a great answer as well. It was no, on air and he had the best answer. so simple. His answer was so simple. Do you know what his answer was? So you're just going to enjoy every sandwich. Oh, I love that. Is that not great? <laughs> uh, well, I would probably say enjoy every song. Enjoy every jammy every, dodger. Every song. Every song. Yeah. Yeah. That's enjoy good, every song I'll, because I just I I love music, and that was when my when I couldn't breathe anymore and I couldn't sing. It broke my heart, and I'm not a great singer, but it broke my heart. And when I couldn't dance anymore, that. 
and I'm not a great dancer either. <laughs> but I enjoy every song because it's just and dance to it's them. Everything, yeah, it's everything. And dance to them. Yeah. This has been a total pleasure. Thank oh, you so much. Very much. Thank you very much. Me, I mean, we're going to have you back. We absolutely, need to have you back just for a chinwag. So stuff. much more that we want to talk ah, exactly. to you about. Exactly. I mean, we could talk to you because we've got all the all the all the important stuff out the way. I want to, get you, I want to talk to you about movies and music <laughs> and all, all the more important stuff than you know. <laughs> <laughs> Life Aye, and death. And, uh, <laughs> th- thanks very, very much. No, it, was thank a, you. it was a pleasure meeting you at the wedding. It's been fantastic. I you feel me. like we were meant to meet at the wedding. Oh, eh? Just to get this it. episode at least. Eh? Uh, <laughs> definitely. Thank <laughs> you, guys. Oh, thanks, for thanks very much. Thank you, Diane. Thanks, Diane. Cheers, guys. See ya.